0: It's Halloween and so we're asking what makes games scary? I'm John Robertson and I'm joined as ever by Stace Harmon. So Stace, um, are you scared of games? Do you play horror games?
1: Um, I don't play a tremendous amount of horror games and that probably for the reason that yes I think that I do honestly I think I am actually probably quite easily scared by games. There's a couple of examples I can think of and even games that I've previously played, uh, one such example being Resident Evil 7 in VR. Um, I played yeah. through the game normal on kind of, you know, standard mode and then played it in VR. Well, I played some of it in VR uh, and decided- Just couldn't take it. You're in there with it your eyes closed. Honestly, yeah. I was like, okay. It's, it's particularly, it's the beginning of that game where you're kind of, you're unarmed, you go into the house, uh, you get- captured and you're sat around the table with the family it was like yeah i don't whatever it is that this is making me feel which i guess is fear obviously uh i'm kind of i'm just not i'm just not up for this it was very much a a solid sort of nope nope i'm gonna take the headset off so i don't play a lot of horror games but i am very interested in them uh this is the kind of thing like you and i have spoken about horror games i'm more interested in hearing about the experience and i probably do this with feel- horror films as well i'm interested in hearing about the experience and what happens but i'm not uh, particularly up for putting myself through that and so
0: I'm- other people will play them for you and basically you're, yeah you're, yeah i'm
1: uh, quite happy for you know i'm that kind of person that like reads about the the plot to something like hereditary or something like that on wikipedia you know i'm, I'm like i'm that guy um or we'll talk to to friends about it who have, have seen certain films or had certain experiences with games um so yeah i'm not a huge horror games player at all i think certainly you you are more so than i am and You've been playing quite well a few horror games yeah.
0: recently. Yeah. Um, right? yeah, I mean I I tend to play quite a few um I watch a lot of horror films as well. Uh it's interesting you say hereditary because because I even though I play a lot of them, watch a lot of them, um I'm also pretty easily scared by them. Um and mm. I think I've gotten more scared of them as I've gotten older as well. Um I know people kind of a lot of people think it's the other way around, but for me it isn't. Um I don't think I was anywhere near as scared of them when I was younger. Um, so yeah, do you yeah, I think mean that. just
1: to, just to inject on that. Do you think there's an element there of like the coming to terms with your own mortality? This this gets really deep really quickly this episode. Uh coming to terms of your own mortality that as you get older you do start to realize more that you're not invincible. You're not going to live forever. Not that you ever really explicitly think that when you're young but there's that subconscious feeling that you're invincible you're going to live forever and, and as you get older you come to terms with the fact even again subconsciously that you're yeah. not going to live forever is that is that in maybe. any do you do, there's like an evolutionary thing there that you start to feel like maybe. actually fear for your own mortality yeah
0: maybe um i don't uh, yeah maybe um the evolutionary side of things, as to why we're scared of why we have a scary scared reaction to things, I think definitely plays a part. You know, it taps into that kind of evolutionary response of wanting, having to, you know, being beneficial for our survival to be scared of certain things and to want to rid, run away from them or hide from them or mm. whatever. And and, in, and I do like horror for that reason because it does tap into. It's a safe way of tapping into a part of your. Humanity, a part of what makes you human, um, in a way that isn't going to kill you. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, so I,
1: it might be so scary that you have a yeah, it might you know, be
0: um, complications. So I do like that part of it. Um, yeah, my own mortality thing, maybe. Um, uh, there, there's I mean, a it's of-
1: hard to, I guess it's hard to know, right? Because you don't. You're probably not actively aware of that. So it's it's a difficult thing to uh, to tap into because you haven't necessarily thought about that previously or intellectualized it in that
0: way yeah and i think this this kind of depends on what kind of horror um Mm. is being because um i think yes things that deal with like your own mortality or or things that are much closer to you as a human uh, or your experiences that make you human um or or the things that make you you those are the kind of things that are in horror that scare me a lot Mm. now so, you know, Hereditary is a good example because it's not just about like defeating this giant monster that's really powerful and it's going to tear you apart or whatever. It's about something much more core to your person, to your existence and, that, and, and the society in which you live in. Um, so so that's much more scary that, for example, then say, uh, are you scared of spiders or being in mm. a plane crash mm. or, you know, being shot or something or whatever... <laughs> common fears are that people have like things like losing a loved one, you know, being lost somewhere without with no idea about where civilization is like being hated by everyone instead of being loved, Um, Mm. you know, losing your kid or losing your parents or, you know, that sort of thing. That's like, those are the things that kind of scare me, Uh, that those sort of, those sort of horror experience scores, things that tap into those sort of, um ideas scare me a lot things like um well to use movies like evil dead or cabin in the woods or that kind of thing or with games like resident evil they don't really scare me very much because they're not they're i think they're more power fantasies actually Mm -hmm. The mm-hmm. more than horror experiences, so things like Resident Evil. I, I don't know. This might be controversial, but I don't know if that's even a horror game to me. Mm. Like that, yeah. that has, that is that has horrible things in it, but it's not really horror. Like it's not terrifying. It's not yeah. scary. It's yeah. all about overcoming things through your just sheer sheer force.
1: Yeah. Well, you're also very well equipped to do that, and I think that's that's what that's why very specifically the beginning of Resident Evil Seven worked for me in vr i mean even in when i was playing it in normal mode it didn't i felt uneasy creeping around that house right at the beginning you've got no weapons i think you might have a torch and it was just this kind of unease but playing that in vr that same situation despite having been through it previously that same situation it, there was a definite feeling of i was in that space and of course that's part of what vr is is intended to do is submerse you in that space and, and give you that give you that 360 degree experience and you've got headphones on as well. And it's, it's very uh isolating and, um and all encompassing Um to the point that if, you know, if you're playing VR like that and you've got headphones on and somebody taps you on the shoulder or something, it's like that is, it can make you jump because you're so immersed in this other, other world effectively. So, yeah, I think Resident Evil, I'd agree that the in general, I don't think particularly that they are, horror games and i yeah i don't know I, I don't know are they even meant to be that is a that is a question it's specifically the, the the opening of seven that kind of has that i mean it's kind of the antithesis of what resident evil usually is you, you're you yeah. not some um you're not some kind of you don't you're not a character that has special training you're not you don't have any weapons with you you just go into this creepy house and it's like i feel very yeah. vulnerable so but yeah outside of that i think the series as a whole is perhaps not you know it can make you jump i've got a well, Make it has made me jump in the past, but it's not like actively scary like in the way that certain other titles are um
0: yeah well I, I think it's important to i mean for the for our question like what makes games scary, I think it is important to kind of look at maybe what isn't scary as well even even in games that people consider horror games mm. um so so it's not only that i so think I think the you know survival horror has come to mean like gory. And very, a lot of blood and a lot of viscera and, you know, a lot of, a lot of that sort of things. A lot of mutilated corpses and whatever. But it's, it's other things as well. It's mechanical things. So it's the scarcity of resources. It's the lack of knowledge of the map. It's the um, low health thresh, threshold, mm. um, the difficulty in finding, uh, you know, items to progress and that kind of tension of having to go back through the map that you don't know very well with even more limited resources because you've found this um some gate that you need to open but you don't have the key to unlock the gate or the gem or whatever it is um so that that has come to mean horror for a lot of people specifically survival horror um and it's like that does have like the tension and release cycle that horror goes through building up building up building up and release now that you're through and you see the cutscene, and you're in a safe room and whatever so it does an intention of release cycle is one of the key elements of horror you need to be you need to have moments of tension Mm. and then to drop off the tension because otherwise you just become desensitized to it and eventually it doesn't it stops become scary so resident evil does have that um but it doesn't have any like emotional core of fear really it's just blowing stuff up or shooting stuff or running away from stuff or you doing that to the enemies
1: yeah, and it also, I think, is, it is, it is somewhat infamously, uh, so hammy, Resident Evil in particular, and there's plenty of other games that fall into this category as well, that it, even the tension that it does manage to create, it can frequently and quite, um, quite completely undermine that tension when people start opening their mouths and talking because it's it's so so yeah. amusing that it kind of sucks the uh the what is it like the, the authenticity of it or the the verisimilitude of like this yeah. situation it's like well okay now and now i remember that this is kind of just a, or my, now my subconscious remembers that this is just a pantomime essentially yeah, yeah and that's fine and i do like those games mm, um resident oh, Evil 2
0: remake especially in last week's when i you know highlighted that as one of my favorite mm sort of games of the last few years Um, i do like those but i wouldn't necessarily call them horror they're not the kind of games um you know that i go to bed thinking about they're not the kind Mm. of games have to turn Mm. the light on to have something resembling peace like you know um then they don't stick with you they don't make you ask questions of yourself and i think that's that's a key bit in real horror is that if something's truly terrifying to you, then it forces you to question why Why do you feel that? Why has that made you feel that way? Why has that impacted you like that? Um, hmm. And Resident Evil doesn't do that. Um, I think that actually there are very few games that do tap into that. Um, certainly compared to movies, there are fewer games that really try to be what I would call like outright horror games, um, rather than yeah. kind of power fantasies involving gore and blood and zombies and destruction and whatever. Um, video game mechanics historically lend themselves. There's, there's been more research, more trial and error, more successes and failures on the guns and the <laughs> ammo and the map and the mm-hmm. low health and stuff than there is in act than there has been in creating something truly. Truly scary, um, yeah. yeah, And I think most of that's actually happened away from the AAA space as well. It hasn't re- tended to be the AAA games that have kind of explored that space very much. Um, Alien Isolation is obviously, you know, a big, um, a big exception to that. Um, mm. that. That does limit you on a lot of things, but it also does create a real. Um, a real sense of fear, like it nails that tension
1: and release. Um, do you think alien isolation works? Does it work in that game's favor that we are already, even if you're not as an individual familiar with the films, that we are as a society, as a culture, we are familiar with what alien is and what it represents and, you know, the specific xenomorphs yeah. and, and like it does it if, because there's a similar kind of mechanic. Again, going back to Resident Evil in those games with this stalking presence, this uh, often invincible or, or nigh invincible presence that's stalking you through this map. But th- alien isolation does seem to nail that all the more. Although I would say you touched on it earlier with this notion of like desensitizing or desensitization that that, that does happen. I remember playing alien isolation and being very you know, creeping around and, you know, elevated heart rate and, mm. and that worked for the first few times of getting caught by the alien. But then after yeah. that, it just its I mean, I guess it, it can't help, but if it's relying on you to be, to be fearful of this particular outcome happening, and then this outcome happens again and again and again, because maybe you hit a particularly difficult part of the game and you just see effectively the game over screen and the numerous ways to die multiple times over, it can't help. It seems like it can't help, but have less of an effect as time yeah. goes on. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, I agree with, with all of that. And so, so yeah, there's a couple of things I say. So one alien isolation is far too long. Mm-hmm. It's much too long. It, it can't, it can't have that same, um, cause it uses the same core, um, essence of hiding from the alien, the alien hunting you, mm. uh, you're not wanting to get caught. Um, you use that over and over and over again. It does add some, uh, some different elements in there with the androids and stuff, but primarily it's the alien, Um, and it's far too long and it's too long because essentially, essentially you've undergone exposure therapy. Like how do you, (laughs) how do you not be scared of things? And you know, how do you reduce your fear of things where you expose yourself to them and you Mm -hmm. learn that they're not scary and that you'll live to fight another day. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's what, that's what happens in Alien Isolation. You... You either expose yourself to the alien by succeeding and hiding from it and you live to fight another day or you die and then reload. So you live to fight another day. So by the time you're at the end, you've been exposed to it way too many times for mm. it to continue to be scary, at least scary in the same way as it was. It might still be scary because... Um you know, you don't want to lose progress mm. because now you're at this bit that you haven't stayed for a while and it was really difficult and whatever it was. And you don't want to lose, lose progress and go back and do that again. But I wouldn't call that fear that I wouldn't say that's genuine fear. That's just a that's just, um, you know, you just don't want to lose progress. That's mm. um, it's an irritation rather than. A fear.
1: So then that sounds like there's a potentially a counter or what seems like a counterintuitive element to that, that if you were able to play through alien isolation, specifically in this case, and maybe never get caught, if you were so incredibly good at it or you were so incredibly patient and you took your time to the point that you you were never caught by the xenomorph, I wonder if it would then remain scarier at least that because you would always have that fear of this thing happening and you would never become desensitized you still become desensitized to the perhaps the process and the oh i understand now that the alien behaves in this way yeah yeah and i understand that these things are effective i understand that the the alien's field of vision is x and that you know you you start to slot in more of the variables and use them Mm. to your advantage but if you are never um or very rarely caught by the alien i wonder if then if you would stay in a, in a that it would retain its power the 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 finality yeah. of the outcome even if it is just for a few seconds of a game over screen would re- retain some more of its power than it does in just constantly dying so,
0: yeah i think probably that's right and again this comes back to my belief that the game's far too long mm. because the longer the game is the less chance you have of achieving that mm. mm-hmm. um yeah, genuinely, I think that game really outstays its outstays its welcome. While it's while it's a great achievement and it's scary for a good portion of it, um, there are at least two points where the game narratively could have ended, mm. and it would have been totally fine, absolutely one hundred percent fine. Um, but it just it just goes on and on and on, and it, and you know it's, it still remains fun, but it doesn't it doesn't it loses that scare factor. It just becomes just like another you know another sort of um survival game at mm-hmm. that point. It's not um but I mean games that are shorter, so um of this generation. Uh so PT, obvious, mm-hmm. is, is an obvious touching point for a, a shorter game slash demo, whatever you want to call it.
1: Um, That's another one that I didn't finish. I have I still have that installed on my PS4 and so uh, 10 minutes long. I played, played of, it a couple of times. Well isn't there like this, isn't there like a whole load of um, uh, the secret stuff that you can find. Is it is it entirely linear? I mean, I, you know, I've had it installed for literally years, and yet yeah, I still don't really know. Yeah, I mean, it's I've only played for a couple of what? times
0: because I'm too scared to get yeah, out I, again. I'm like, yeah, I just um, don't like
1: this feeling of uh, I just, it's too weird. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, and so not. <laughs> I mean, and, and
0: to that, so that brings me up. So PT and Phasmophobia, mm-hmm. a much more recent game. Um, uh, while well, still in early access. Um, is our I think they're scary for the same reason and they both absolutely terrify me and they do that just like twist on reality really, Mm -hmm. really well. Just like something um, weird or unsettling in the environment. Um, It's not like a weird hellscape world. It's not, you know, there's not stuff trying to overtly trying to kill you every second. Um, But there is weird stuff going on and it might just be, you know, the corridors are a little bit too narrow Mm. or that Mm -hmm. shadow Isn't um, isn't matching the light source properly, or the Mm. lights flickering for some weirdo, or the phone rings, or whatever. That door was open and it wasn't open before, but I could I didn't hear anything. Little things like that that just twist your expectation of things that we're you know infinitely familiar with that we've seen you know Mm. loads of times. Um, Like the idea in PT that you're going through this kind of never ending corridor um and and you open a door and then you're back at the start of the corridor that you've just you've just left um like it's you know it's kind of it's been done in many things but i think that still remains an incredibly powerful um sort of yeah. tool to unsettle you like imagine that in real life
1: like, well this is yeah there is like a whole subgenre of horror isn't there particularly in film that is like that is about that this notion of inescapable fate or not even fate but it just adds a situation that is inescapable and I think that's probably what the Saw films I imagine talking up about final destination eh? yeah <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I have seen a couple of those films. I didn't. I find them more, you know, amused Not amusing, interesting. I like the the ingenious ways they come up with fun, yeah. for killing these people. Um, and it's you know the the false starts on. Oh, it's going to be now. It's going to be now, and then it isn't, and then it's some other abs- just uh, ludicrous oh, way. Yeah, of it's dying. That tension and release. Um, again. yeah, absolutely. And so the um, yeah, I wonder if there's is there something in that of like it's it's this. <laughs> It's like a
0: corruption of things that we take for granted, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Like turning on the light, walking in, um, expecting that this door leads into this room, therefore the one on the other side leads out of it, but actually, no, it leads back into it again from Mm. the same position. It's like, well, how
1: does that work? Mm. Um, I think also PT and, um, and again, that, that very beginning of, of Resident Evil 7, that they tap into the same sort of thing for me. Quite a, quite a very, straightforward simple thing which is uh lacking the means of defending myself or my character defending yeah. their self and that's where like yeah the resident evil game certainly and lots of other horror games as well they do it does drop off as soon as you have a weapon it's far less um and it's well, It's also like there's a thing of the unknown. There's a I'm not being able to defend myself. In Resident Evil Seven, you get attacked and your hand gets cut off with a chainsaw. As soon as that happened, it was like th- that was the release for me. Like there was this this yeah. complete undermining of the, the tension was gone. That's the that's I think for me that's the thing that I uh and perhaps one of the things i'm most scared by and pt i felt like that was just the tension was constant uh or for as long as i played it because as i say i didn't finish it so it was constant for as long as i I exposed myself to it and i I just don't there needs to be something there needs to be some something needs to make me jump or something because i need to to have that release and so yeah it's quite probably quite a straightforward thing for me in terms of that it's like well i'm lacking the means of Of fighting back or having any sort of control perhaps is more of a uh, fundamental element of that
0: yeah well i I definitely think the the idea of um yeah being helpless in the face of whatever it is and you can't fight back but i think again that goes more to ideas like the corridor that constantly loops Mm. um more than you know not having the right gun to beat this enemy Mm -hmm. otherwise you would be able to beat it theoretically Mm. like how do you how do you defeat an ever looping corridor (laughs) like how do you defeat the idea of being lost in the middle of the desert with no no training about how to find civilization like how do you how do you you know if uh Oh, I'm trying to. I'm trying to think of other examples. Like if you if you experience time differently
1: to mm-hmm. everyone else, like mm-hmm. how do you
0: defeat that? Like how do you even go about? Or like in in um in amnesia rebirth, um this is minor a minor spoiler is how you find find out in the first hour. But um your character is pregnant. Mm. So then how do you how do you defeat the idea of how do you overcome the fear that What's happening to you is one thing, but then what does that mean for the baby inside of you? Um, how do you how do you overcome that fear? Like how do you beat those things? Like they're not things you can beat with like a machete or a gun or a grenade. Um, <laughs> yeah. So 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 it seems like you know. And then, and then games kind of reflect real life in that way and kind of makes them scary because there's no tool really that the game maker, the the writer, the designer can give you that's going to overcome you know that that fear Mm. um so it sticks with you um after you've after you've finished after you've finished playing and um i think yeah like that's that's those are the things that make games or films or books or whatever really quite scary for me because you implant yourself onto them an enormous degree so they become personal uh they're not objective experiences that are just yeah. washing over you. They're, yeah. they're subjective things that you've had to have an engagement with in order to fully understand uh, or, or de- fully develop a response to it.
1: Yeah. So then how does something like phasmophobia work that where to, from an external perspective, it looks like the fact that you you play in multiplayer primarily you play multiplayer with what up to three other people it's like four of you exploring this this place so you're all chatting you're all you're you are all aware that you're playing a game and because for me from an external perspective that's like sitting around watching a horror film and with other people and being able to chat about it and uh exerting an element of control and there's that kind of you know sometimes there's that like nervous talking where it's just to take the tension out of this mm. rather than rather than be taken along by the music or and the visuals on screen and kind of being uh, manipulated in that way of like manipulating my emotions. If I want to, I can just start talking and that immediately drains some of the tension. So how does a game that basically seems like it's working against itself in that you're not on your own, you're not um kind of locked into this situation where you can't do anything about it and you've got other people around you to help you, how does that manage to be so scary? Because I know that you've talked about this with that being one of your recent experiences of, of being a genuinely scary thing that you <laughs> has affected terrified. you afterwards, that you like, thought literally, about afterwards like, yeah, that like night.
0: Literally, <laughs> yeah, like literally I'm in there with the room with the EMF reader in phasmophobia, like one of the tools you can use to detect ghosts or spirits or whatever is the EMF reader. I'm in there i'm in there I'm just waiting just trying to listen to the the correct um beeping sound to get the right reading and i 'm like not i'm not looking at the screen like I'm not, my eyes are like off to the sides uh, i'm just waiting just can 't wait to turn around and run out that door yeah um, yeah, so phasmophobia does um so so it's got the same um so like PT, it does the unsettling very well. So it's a it's a typical environment, it's a, a house, say and not like a big giant haunted house to stereotypical thing, but just like a house on a in a suburban street in, in America. Um, and you know that there's a ghost there, you know that you're there to work out like paranormal activity has been detected there, so that's not that's not in question as to whether there might be something there. You know something's there, you've got to figure out what it is. Um, like what kind of spirit it is. And there's unsettling things. The phone will ring, the lights will flicker. It'll be really cold. Some dirty water will appear in the sink. A door will open, close. The power will go off, like whatever. Um, All kind of normal kind of cliched Mm. stuff. Um, But I think they, they do limit your so you can't fight back against anything really you can do a couple of things to defend yourself or like to stop the ghost from attacking you and killing you but you can't actually fight back you can't kill the ghost you can't hurt it you can't destroy it in any way um Mm. so that's that's off the table so immediately your uh expectations and the way that you're thinking about the game is quite different to resident evil or um evil within or whatever um and I also, but I think it's scarcity. They use scarcity of resources in a different way. Um, so you can only carry three things. You can carry four if you're in VR, bizarrely, but you only carry three things. If um, if you're not playing in VR, mm. uh, I'm definitely never going to play in VR. <laughs> yeah, um, doesn't sound like something soon. Um, so, and one of those might be like a powerful torch, so then you've got two slots left for things that defend you against the ghost and or detect what kind of ghost it is, help you detect what kind of ghost it is. Um, so you're very light on resources, and there's no way that you can carry enough to detect what the ghost is by yourself Mm -hmm. so not only are you scarce in resources so you feel quite naked in the game but because you're relying on other people um i guess there's a bit of a fear there in because it forces you to trust them a lot um so i guess it's a fear of being in a situation um and your trust is wholly put on someone else and are they going to do the right thing to help you and save you if you get attacked um or are they just going to save themselves <laughs> and they, and they might say that they are but you never know really and because like it's kind of that control is kind of a little bit out of your hands i think it's that bit scarier um it's like anything like you're kind of more scared when you're not you know you're more scared in a car going really really fast mm. if someone else is driving it mm. than you are if you're driving it or whatever um so I think it taps into that um really effectively and really well and the game the game is just uh, like the, the unsettling aspect of it is is really good and really clever and you don't get or I don't anyway, or the people I play it with don't get, haven't really gotten desensitized to it. Mm. So it's not like we're in there all just like laughing and yep. having a great time and making jokes and stuff. Um, there's a little bit of that, but normally it's like, okay, I'm going upstairs now. The, the door's closed and I'm now turning on the AMF reader. And it just freaks you out because like, even though you're not seeing anything, I thought, like, oh my God, like uh, uh, someone else's tension is now being like pushed onto you. you yeah. feel it? Yeah. Um, So yeah, it kind of is this kind of collective, um, you know, that layers up on top of each other makes it more powerful rather than than diffusing it.
1: And you mentioned that, you know, there's a few kind of staples or cliches that it employs, but that seems to be, that's the thing with these kinds of experiences, that the cliched is a cliche for a reason it's a cliche because it's it's used over and over again but it's used over and over again because it's effective and because it works and so it being cliche doesn't make it any less effective it doesn't make it you don't even though you are perhaps uh intellectually ro- intellectually rolling your eyes at it and going oh, okay this again that still doesn't up oh, for me anyway that still doesn't def- that doesn't ward off the feeling I can I can think one thing I can know you know in the same way that of course you can watch any sort of horror film play a horror game and know that it's not real and understand that intellectually but your your primal responses and the emotional responses you have to it it's kind of like well that's not really a defense that doesn't actually help me it doesn't me for me to know that this isn't real isn't enough for my yeah my well my, it's like it's like become those con- responses that's the that's the problem. yeah
0: yeah it's almost like we've been conditioned either through our evolution or through nurturing by seeing them again and again, but we've been, we've been conditioned to respond to some way in these cliches uh, um, responds to these cliches in some way. But that doesn't mean that we've lost the response to be scared by Mm. them. Mm. Um, It was quite interesting. Um, And again, very few games manage to do it, but the ones, the ones that really do, do, do it really, do it really well. And I think, interactivity has a big part to play here and um i'm going to wrap up soon but i think it's just one more point so interactivity has a big part to play here because you're actually the one forcing the action you're the one having to push forwards into the scary thing the scary mm. monster the scary place the scary looping corridor whatever the scary piece of music um rather than have it kind of presented to you um in like a, a book or a film um that that sort of you know the engagement you're you're the one having to make the leap here um that can make a good horror game that can kind of take it to the next level um that next level of engagement that next level of response and i wonder i've been thinking i wonder if there's actually a limit to how scary a game can be before people just decide i'm not playing it anymore um, I don't, I don't want to engage in this because you are. Do you mean as, you, like you, as an
1: individual or on mass? Like it is. Could I think be on mass. Game? I right, think. Okay.
0: By, well, I think as an individual, but also on mass. And then, in the, if enough individuals say, "Yeah,
1: yeah,"
0: I'm simply not playing it. I mean, the game will still probably do quite well in sales because if some way, if loads of people say, "I'm not playing that game. It's too scary. I couldn't finish it," then it's going to make
1: people buy it. Mm, it Becomes notorious. Right? Um,
0: yes. yeah. <clears throat> so they'll. But but then, will people actually finish it? And I wonder if there is a limit to how scary you can make things. Because you are having to ask the player, okay, go into this now and engage with it. Be the one that forces the action. Be the one that um, triggers the horror, um, triggers the fear, triggers all this stuff. I wonder if there is a limit to how scary a game can be uh, if your hope is to actually have people finish it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I I guess that's a difficult thing because there'll always be... Well, now at least from, from sort of this point on, there'll always be people that are willing to put themselves through that, not just for their own entertainment, but in the world of streaming and people m- making a living out of having other people witness them playing a game. I guess there's always people that are going to expose themselves to these things for that purpose, not just like it's work. It's a job. It's a thing that, you know, I know that that, and that plays, plays into it. Whereas perhaps 20 years ago, that wouldn't have done it's that I can choose to experience this thing by myself for myself, or I can choose to experience it. I mean, it's not something I would play on my own at night with all the lights off, but if I know that I can do that and X number of people are going to watch me do that. And potentially even as a side benefit to that, I'm going to earn some money out of it. There may be, you know, maybe that's just, there's always going to be people that are willing to then, to then put themselves through that, uh, through that particular ringer i mean i'm certainly not one of them but yeah
0: it's interesting with things like streamers and stuff because there's a lot of like you know reaction videos reacting to this reacting to Mm -hmm. that and i wonder if that actually is kind of teaching games developers that the way you get your game to be successful is by adding more and more jump scares and stuff because that's what streamers react to and that's what people like watching so i wonder if more jump scare based games are going to become more prevalent Mm. in the future although saying that phasmophobia is very popular with streamers i mean it's streamers that have kind of made that game popular really um and that does have jump scares in it but the, the real the real impact of that game isn't on isn't on the jump scares mm. um and i don't think that the jump scares are not by design either they're kind of just things that you see sometimes but they're not like and now we will yeah, manipulate it, the player to see this it jump makes scare. you jump
1: yeah but you don't it's not being necessarily presented to you in a way that because I guess you can't always determine what people are going to experience, right? Like, it's going to be different for each person and they'll get that. Because it's not as authored as yeah. as a horror film or a uh, a yes. more linear experience. So, yeah.
0: Okay. Well, that's what makes games scary then. It's basically everything for me. <laughs> um,
1: lack of control, I think, is a big thing for me. There. Lack, lack of, of control. control. That's yeah. that. I think that would be my number one take. Probably a lack of control. Lack of feeling like I'm in control. I can defend myself, etc. That would be my my big thing about what makes games scary for me
0: okay well that was why games are scary um i'm currently playing amnesia rebirth um i think i'm like halfway through it um are you playing anything that's horror or or um horror related
1: recently i started playing other side um which isn't really horror per se it's kind of an XCOM slash banner saga style turn-based um team a squad turn-based kind of combat game puzzle game that kind of like uh, using the right tool for the job but there are horror elements in that and one of the biggest of the horror elements in that for me is that uh some of it is based on the developers real experiences with um certain having living lived through certain experiences with uh like a, a blood disease and what that did to them and how they felt and then trying to imbue some of that into the game um And there's other games that do that too. I think Darkwood is, is one that's tried to recreate that Mm, feeling of the, yeah, that kind of recreate that idea of that feeling that the developers had at some point in their lives. Um, and so yeah, there's, there's that. I wouldn't, I'm not playing out an out, like an outright horror game, but there's, yeah, certain Mm. games I'm playing that have horror elements to them for sure yeah all right great um
0: well happy halloween everyone and um we'll see you again next week you can find us on twitter instagram facebook at indie by design uh and across any of those places you'll also find a link to our discord so come join us there and yeah thanks for listening